Recording in progress. Oh, you should go. Let's match them. Chaim. So, so basically, in uh, in Matos, when Yidin came there, Chonol Slan, there was a time when uh, people were told to uh, take a brick, put it on their heads, and balance it, and walk. And if a brick fell off, Chonol Slan, then you were you were killed immediately. When was this? In the Holocaust. Well, was, Matezin was one of the Matezin was one of the oh, concentration camps. Oh, I think you say Parshmakov. Oh, that's, that's why it wouldn't be in the Gansan. It's in Austria. I know. Oh, can you read more? Yeah. You were saying Parshmakov. So there's an author, concentration camp, and there's an author live today, Yangazunt. Um, she said that while this was happening, she uh, she was curious. She never saw someone who uh, a, a dead body. And she wanted to see uh, what a dead body looks like. And she remembers how that moment of her curiosity uh, gave her a lot of chayis, gave her a lot of energy, because she realized despite everything in the world being being totally crushing, uh, crushed and changed, and but sti- she still felt her identity, she still felt who she was, and she still felt her, cur- her curiosity despite what was going on in the world. So... Uh, so she had a new, new vigor and energy of life, realizing that she still ha- is her individuality, despite everything around her being uh, destroyed. So I think this is a good intro to uh, learning this Febrengen, uh, at least a point for this Febrengen. This Febrengen is amazing Febrengen. Um, usually I, on Sunday I try to do the, the Febrengen of, of the coming Shabbos, but uh, we can still say Abdullah until Tuesday. So let's learn something from the Shab- Febrengen of the Rebbe in uh, Tavshin Nun. 1990. In the um, beginning of the parsha, Rashi says that when the he has to make sure that the fire of the candle rises on its own. And that's what the word Baalischa means. Baalischa means when it rises, that it's not sufficient to allow the the, uh, ca- the candle to kiss the wick, it has to rise on its own. So the Al-Tareb uh, famously says that the Menorah represents all the Shamas, and the uh, idea of the iron enlightening the Menorah means that Hashem gives a Jew special assistance through Aaron Akain, who's called the escort of the Queen, to, uh, to, for us to shine in each of us in our individual way. The seven kinds of, seven branches of Menorah. And it's also seven different ways people serve Hashem, depending on this, their Midas. And that's the uh, what the ter- that's what Balaischa means. So, in other words, your neshama comes to the world, and you have to light up your neshama. And the way you light up your neshama is with teremitzes. And the goal is not just that your neshama should be lit; the goal is that also your body should be lit, and that your whole entire being should become a solid golden manera. And just like in the manera itself, there was the light of the manera, and there was the manera itself. So too, we have our neshama, we have the light of our manera, and we have the body. And what the goal is that the neshama should reveal, it should be revealed in our body, so that, that our way we are here in this world is, is uh, it should be open and clear that we are Hashem's golden manera. That's, that's why we're here. And the idea of the fire rising on its own is that Hashem wants us to figure it out ourselves, basically, to use our own power to make it happen. There was actually, a, not in this Fabrang, another Fabrang, never asked, 
Why is it that Hashem wants us to work by ourselves? So the Zayar says Hashem wants us to work by ourselves because He doesn't want us to have shameful bread. You don't really feel good about something you get for free. Hashem, yeah. So, so Hashem doesn't want us to, to have things, things for free. It's called shameful bread. So therefore, Hashem wants us to work. The Rebbe asked an interesting question. You think it's a question which isn't really legal to ask. It's a question if you were in third grade in the military, they'd say, Shah. The question is, why can Hashem make us with a nature that we don't need to have that need of, of accomplishment, the need of achievement? Why can Hashem make us with a way that, uh, in a way that we're happy with just getting things for free? Why does Hashem create us with that need? He's Kalyacha, right? He could do that too. He could make us create us with a need that, 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 without that need. That's a very bad need. Why would he create us that? So what's good about... He created us that way that we wouldn't know anything else, and then what, that's the way it would be, and we wouldn't be looking at it as that means. What's, what would be missing in our lives if we created that way? The, 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 the highest thing, the highest kindness that Hashem could give us is we could become partners with Him in creation, to be like, so to speak, like Hashem, to connect to the infinite, to connect to our infinity. So Hashem specifically put us in the world in a way, in Hashem in a body, where we are... Um, working by ourselves, what's the advantage of working by ourselves is that we become a part of the Shem creation. And that's why Hashem gave us free will. And that's the idea of the, of the fire rising on its own, that we have to work with our own initiative, their own power. But the problem is like this. Just like the mirror physically was lit through iron, so too can we really say that we rise on our own? If we were, we'd look objectively and honestly in our lives, could we really say that we're doing things by ourselves? Like the Gemara says, uh, the Medrash says, Hashem says, Hashem says, whoever came before me to do my job, I will pay them. Hashem says, whoever, who, who sang a song to me till I gave him a soul? Who put up mezuzah on their house till I gave him a house? So you can't really say that we could do things on our own. In fact, the Gemara says, not only does Hashem give us a neshama, and the neshama, neshama soups up the neshama with all the strength it will need to contend with whatever challenge it's going to have, but more, the Gemara says on a daily level, if Hashem wouldn't help us every day, we wouldn't be able to win the Yitzhahara. So how can we say that we're really uh, rising on our own? It's not, it's, not really, it's not really on our own. On the contrary, the Abish is the one who makes it all happen. What's the we're rising on our own? So the answer is, there's a concept in Allah called Masayyaya in Bimamish. Where's the Gemara? Masayyaya in Bimamish. The more in in Beitzel, the more in Shabbos. What page in Beitzel? Uh, what page in Shabbos? Are you telling me? Why? Why are you testing me? Yeah. We have no. Okay, fine. Now? Time's up. Time's up. Time's up. Moving along. Um, so the words of Masayim Beimamish means that. Uh, a, someone who gives assistance to someone else halakhically doesn't, doesn't classify that person as being re- responsible in the same way as the person does it himself. Halakhically talks about certain situations in Shabbos where... Can you uh, say that again? in Can you explain what that means? Let, let's, say, let's say, for example, uh, a, a woman needs to have her nails cut uh, before going to mikveh on Friday night. So although she has to put her nails out for the, uh, to, to, get, to be cut... But nevertheless, it's not considered that she's cutting her nails herself because her assistance is not considered substantial. This so, is in a case where she has to do on Shabbos because she doesn't do it first. Right. So as long as the Goy does it, right. she knows. Right, right. If the Goy does it, it's not considered um, that she's doing it, and although she's assisting, her assistance is not considered substantial. So, in our lives means that Hashem is assisting us. 
But is his assistance mamashistic? Is his assistance, is it really um, physical? And the answer is it's not physical. The assistance Hashem gives us is spiritual. Yes, Hashem gives us, okay, it's something, the assistance is something we can, we, we can feel with our senses. Hashem gives us assistance that we can notice with our physical senses. Our five senses notice Hashem's assistance. But ultimately, the choice that you're going to make is your choice. You're the one who's going to move your hands and move your feet. It's not like Hashem is, is, is going to do that for you. Hashem gives you all the signs and all the, and, and all the revelation, all the light, etc. But the one who really makes it happen is you. Uh, I, I, I heard the story in Avram's house. I've heard, probably shared the story with you too many times, but I'll say it to you anyways. I heard in his house. I know that here, Kashani shared the story. The story was that this Jew decided he's going to keep Shabbos, and he was keeping Shabbos for a while. Then one, one uh, Wednesday, he decided, you know what? If you really want me to keep Shabbos, you got to show me you want me to keep Shabbos. You want, you want me to keep Shabbos. Like, give me some sign that Shabbos means something to you, Hashem. And, you know, I want this sign today because I need to plan Friday night in case you're not interested. <laughs> so, so the sign didn't come on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. And he's like, listen, I gave you a long time. I need to go to this party tonight. You know, at 7 o'clock, I'm, I'm out. You have till 7, really. I mean, last minute, I'll change my plans. 7 o'clock comes and there's no sign from Hashem. And he decides, you know, he's Jewish. He's complex. You can't really just you know go out in Hashem without Hashem giving giving a little a little more time, and he's Hashem doesn't show him the sign. And by the time he, he's he's convinced he has to break Shabbos again, he gets the point of like of the courage of Klippa <laughs> to to go against Hashem. So the parties are already over. His friends already gone out. So he just has to do something to show Hashem he's serious. You know, it's a Jewish. It's it's, it's this warped. The Shama Yitzhahara feeling. You've been there? So he tells the Hashem, okay, I'm going to at least turn the television on. I just want to show you, know, this is, this, I'm, I'm, I'm turning, so he turns the television on. And that, what, what he turned it on to, this guy's name is David. And you know the guy? Is? Da- Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is being interviewed by David Letterman. And Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is, it's in Gemara, which page you said it was Gemara? So David Letterman was interviewed. Yeah, Tom Cruise had just been to Israel, and David Letterman was. I heard Tom Cruise. I heard. Both of them. Both. They're both. They're both on page. They're both on pages in the Vizer. So David Letterman was asking him, "How was your trip to Israel?" And as David Letterman asked him this question, this guy turned the television on, and he, he said to David Letterman, it was great to hear the Shabbat Shalom, Dave. <laughs> so the guy who turns the television, Shabbat Shalom, Dave. So for him, that was, that was a real sign that he has to, uh, you know, fix things up. But his name was David. And, and he was definitely touched by that. But the point is, even in that scenario, where you see something which, which looks like a clear sign, that's your choice. That's your narrative. That's the way you're going to apply it. That's not, that's not called mamash. Mamash means something to touch with your fingers. Hashem's assistance is spiritual, and your decision is physical, and therefore it's considered that you are rising on your own. It's not that Hashem is doing it for you. On the contrary, it's considered that you have made this decision. And that is the, uh, that's what we're doing here. And it's true, Hashem gives us a possibility to make this decision, but I put, I putting the soul in the body and, 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 and lighting the neshama up, but uh, the. Um, but how did I answer the question? Your question was that every physical ability that we have to do anything came from Hashem. We need to mind ourselves. True. 
But the actual decision to make now with what with capabilities you have is your decision. The assistance and the, and the science and everything that Hashem gives you is not physical. Your decisions are physical. Let's go back to the original point that you're left. And therefore it's called you're rising on your own. You are rising on your own. It's your decision. Despite Hashem's assistance that you're rising on your own. And this is also true regarding what we do. Take physical things, make physical things into mitzvahs. Make them holy. Make, 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 make tzitzis, to make film, To make any, any physical thing something to be uh, an object of holiness. I guess this boils down to the concept of the hero. We have free choice. We have free choice, that's right. You see this mostly by tshuva. A person is brought in a certain environment, and the and and he's you know enveloped, and he has a yamaka, crazy glue to his head as soon as he's born, and you know it's it's this, you know you, you remember that right? So uh, so then you don't really see you don't really see how your fire rises on its own. It's there. It's really your choice, but we don't see it as much as when a person breaks off from this, or a person never was introduced to it. Then your mama she it's his own fire. So uh, the. Um, in the simple lighting of the era, the Kayan lit them in the era, and uh, besides lighting the era, the, um, the Kayan also had to prepare the candle. But the way the Kayan lit them in the era was so that the, the fire to rise on its own. So, similarly, um, it's, it, in other words, it's not that the Kayan should have a fire that, he's, that he has in his hand. The goal is that the manure itself should be lit, and, should, and the fire in, the, in there should light up by itself. So Hashem gives us an Hashem, and Hashem lights an Hashem, but Hashem wants that the, uh, we should choose with our own power in a world where there's two choices to make, and the Hashem should shine there. And these words, Shetahei shall have us, each of these words have, have a very great meaning. Shetahei means it should stay that way. Shall have us means... That um, that should be not just a tiny tiny little flame, but it should be a, a, a burning fire. Oila means that you should ascend. You should be different and higher today than you were yesterday. And meyela, it should be with your own power. This will help us understand a fascinating halacha. The Ramam says that the, the manure was allowed to be lit by a non-kain, and which is really fascinating because even in our maneras, when we light a manure, you have to light manure in a place where the manure is going to stay. You're not allowed to light the manure and then move it somewhere else. But in order for a non-client to light the manure, what had to happen? You have to take the manure, bring it outside the Beis HaMikdash, bring it to the non-client, and allow this non-client to light the manure and then bring it back. And the Ram... Huh? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and not only does the non-client light the manure outside the Beis HaMikdash, and, and then has to be brought back over there, and, and it's, it's kosher, it's kosher with the Yevid, but according to the Rambam, it's called Shachatchila. You're allowed to to begin with, have a, um, have a non-Koyin uh, light them in there. And the, and the question is, even when we light them there in, in our homes on Hanukkah, we want it to be specifically in a way that, that, that you can't move it around. And here we have uh, a non-Koyin lighting them in there, and it's perfectly kosher Shachatchila. How, how does that work? So the answer is like this. The reason why the Menorah is able to be lit outside the Beis HaMikdash by non-Koyin is representative and reflect, it reflects the theme of what the Menorah is being, being lit is all about. It's not really about, just like we said before, the Koyin represents Hashem's assistance. It's not about Hashem's assistance. It's not, it's not what it, it doesn't, 
the goal is that we should rise to their own power. That's the goal is our own free choice. And therefore, that lighting the menorah is not ascribed to a kain. It's, it's not ascribed to a holy place. Here it represents, being brought outside the base of Mikdash by a non kain that represents that Hashem's assistance in the holy place is not what the fire is about. It's about your own fire. If we had to be lit by a kain, had to be lit in the base of Mikdash, that would indicate that it's something about that Hashem is doing for you. It's dafka outside the base of Mikdash, and dafka by a non kain emphasizing that you're doing this by yourself. But he's saying the, the, the Yibu. Yes, of course, Shem assists you, but you have free choice. No. The non coin is lying in the Nair, Halach, he's allowed to do that, and he's allowed to let it out of the base of English. And that presents that Hashem's assistance isn't the, isn't the focus over here. The focus is that you should make this decision by yourself. But the question is like this the question is. The Torah itself promises that the candles will be lit and they'll shine by themselves. Shem also promises every one of us that we're going to end up doing tshuva. We're never going to be eternally separated from Hashem. Every Jew will do tshuva. So doesn't that indicate that the, our fire isn't really our own fire, it's due to Hashem's promise? And the answer is, if we were dependent on a shofar being blown, and that shofar just zapping us, and, and, and us doing tshuva as a result of that shofar, then you'll be correct. But the real reason that we rise towards Hashem and we, and we gravitate and we yearn for that connection to Hashem is because of who we are. It's because, of, it's because that's the nature of our Hashem. And, there, and it's even more. In other words, first of all, you don't need Hashem's assistance to make it happen because that's who you are. What you only need Hashem to do is, is to take away the smoke screens so that you can choose what you want yourself. That's number one. Number two, even the concealment that again Hashem gave us to us in the world. You hear uh, Dr. Bressman, another point they didn't hear yet. Even the concealment of Galilee that happens in the world, the only reason Hashem gave us this concealment is not to really separate us, not to really throw us off the bus. The whole purpose of the concealment to begin with is only in order that we should choose our, ourselves where we want to go. It's for the sake of our free choice that Hashem made, made, made that concealment. It's not for the purpose of knocking us off. On the contrary, it's the purpose of, of uh, lifting us up. And that's why we read this parasha of Al-Ischa right after giving the Torah. Because the whole idea of the giving the Torah is associated with number three. And especially this year, we're with the 3,333rd anniversary of giving the Torah. It's old number three. You never heard that yet, Rebbe It must have been. You're, I know you're into the numbers. Uh, so, now what's number three about? The Torah is associated with number three. The Torah was given to a people of three, Cain, Levi, Yisrael. Cain, Levi, Yisrael means Kaylee. There, the first three, the there's three days of preparation for getting the Torah. There's lots of threes. What's the of three? The Torah is a one Torah given by one God to his unique people in the world. Why is it called? What's all about three? And the answer is one is represents a place where things are obvious. One is represents, let's say, a child's innocence. That there's, All there is is just, just what he's told. Then there is number two, where you're a place where there's, where, where there's a decision to be made and there's confusion, there's two ways to go. And number three is, we take the truth of one, the truth and the simplicity of Hashem, who is one, and you bring it in the place of two, the place of confusion, and there you reveal the Amos of Hashem. That's the meaning of number three. Right. So, so this will help us also understand that the Tarfin, uh, the Mishnah that we learned yesterday in Prakiyavis. Unbelievable what Tarfin says. Mamish. Live your whole life with this mission. Tarifan says, the day is short, the work is great, the workers are lazy, 
and the great and the reward is great. The master is pressing. Very good. First of all, master is pressing is an insult. Why are you insulting Hashem saying Hashem is a pressing master? Is, doesn't Hashem love us? Doesn't Hashem want us to have menuchas and nefesh, menuchas aguf? Hashem wants us to have tranquility. Why are you insulting Hashem as pressing? Second of all, why are we calling the Jewish people people who are lazy, especially those who read the ethics of our fathers? The ethics of our fathers has a subtitle. It is, I want to do more than I'm obligated to do book. I do, I do whatever I'm supposed to do. I want extras. I want, to, I want to do even beyond. I want to do milsa de chasidusa. So if you're reading the I want to do more book, why are you being called lazy? On the contrary, you should be called the guy who wants to do more. Why are you being called lazy? Second of all, why, do, why are you saying the work is much? The work is much? What do you mean the work is much? Can Hashem possibly give you something you can't handle? You can't handle? Hashem only gives you what you can handle. Why are you saying the work is much? And how does, what is the connection between this and Reb Tarfin? Reb Tarfin uh, was given a name which was not a holy name. Why was Reb Tarfin given this name, which is not a holy name? Seemingly, the Jewish people are known for the reason we were uh, redeemed from Egypt. I think it's a contest for who's the youngest baby here today. I think you're going to win that. The uh, Reb Tarfin, the Jewish people were redeemed from Egypt because they didn't change their name. So how come Reb Tarfin has a non-Jewish name? So Reb Tarfin could have changed his name to... He says what I just said. The, the workers are lazy... So the answer is like this. Reb Zev came here to get away from that. You want, <laughs> you, want, you, want, you want to bring that back? Okay. So the answer is like this. There are two ways of serving Hashem. There is serving Hashem based upon your schedule with, 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 with the resources Hashem gave you. That, that's one way of serving Hashem. Another way of serving Hashem is what Chassidus calls Aveda. Aveda means to work hard and use your own initiative and to do what you're capable of doing. So, in the language of the Gemara, there was a time when everyone studied whatever they heard from their teacher 100 times, and those who did that 100 times were called people who did not serve Hashem, and those who did it 101 times were called those who did serve Hashem. That extra time that they learned that went beyond their nature puts in the classification of those who serve Hashem because they use their own initiative, own power to go beyond their nature. So that's why we call Hashem the pressing boss. He's not really a pressing boss. He's not, some, he's not someone who is, who is a mean boss. On the contrary, Hashem wants us to, puts us in the world, in a body, in a gullus, because He wants us to reveal what we're capable of doing. Hashem is, puts us in a situation of where there's challenge, because He knows that we're capable of doing more than, than we're, we're doing in Gan Eden. Yeah, we have lots of great pina coladas in Gan Eden, lots of terror and davening over there. But Hashem puts us in the day, Hashem wants us to arouse within us this ability to, to rise on our own. Hashem wants us to, to bring something deeper in ourselves. And that's the meaning of the work is great. Hashem is not, we're not talking about regular work. We're talking about working beyond your nature, doing work which is great, which is beyond, beyond what your nature is. That's the meaning of the, work, of the day being short. Yeah, there is a way to serve Hashem in a way that, that, that you, you do whatever it says in the code of Jewish law, and you can check off the boxes, and at the end of the day, you can go under your blank and say, Ah, I did whatever I was supposed to do. But that's not what a tarfin is about. The word tarfin is related to the word to grab. Like it says about a wolf, a wolf is nature, zev yitraf, and yitraf, the same language as tarfin, tarfin means to grab. That means that there is serving Hashem in a regular, orderly way. There's a regular, orderly way to serve Hashem. And then there is a way of serving Hashem where you grab and you try to do beyond your nature. Try to do things which are not just fitting in the boxes, fitting in what, what you were given. And that's, especially you see this in Shuvah where a person grabs things which are in the realm of the unholy and brings to the place of the holy. So what's the bottom line? Bottom line is like this. Hashem demands from every Jew 
that he should wants them to light their neshama in their body in a way their fire should rise on their own, and that they should bring their own initiative to the to the table and figure out how to reach out to other Jews specifically and to make Torah classes. Rebbe says that every Jewish man, woman, and child is able to do this. And we have to use our own initiative to figure out how to have many students, how to reach out to more and more people. And it's something the Torah says to every Jew, to have many students. It's something that the Torah says to you today, you never heard it before. As it says every day, if you look at the Torah, as if it's, as if it's brand new. So even if you have lots of students, but when you learn this mission again, you have to say, oh, well, there's more people I haven't reached out to, I can do more. And to feel how their bala bayis doichek, and their day is short, and their work is great, and the workers are lazy. Workers are lazy, meaning if you're serving Hashem just in a limited, orderly way, that according to the, all, with all the boxes, so, that, so then there's a limit to how far you go. But we're talking about serving Hashem without Veda, trying to serve Hashem. What are you really capable of going? Not capable of doing. Not just serving Hashem based based upon the circumstances as they are, but Aveda, working hard to discover how far, how much more you could do. So maybe Hashem's will that concludes. We should see how the Bala bias is pressing, how Hashem presses the time of the coming Mashiach to come earlier. Just like the Jews are diff- having a difficult time in Golis, so Hashem also can't stand the Golis either, because He has pain when we have pain. And this gives Jews to have additional strength in their, in their waiting for the coming Mashiach, knowing that Hashem is oppressing and He will certainly make the time of the exile to be right now, Mamish, once and for all, and take off all the concealments which he only made these consumers in order that we should work with our own power to have our fire rise on its own, especially in our generation, the last generation of Golas. We've already been in this Golas, Rahman al to the terrible uh, tragedies of the Holocaust and other tragedies, Rahman al so, so we, So we, everything's done already. And it's already revealed how every Jew is a candle that rises on its own. And every Jew has the right, not only is he allowed to, but you should demand the Geula, that Hashem should press and bring the Geula, bring the Kates, the Geula mitzvah Hashem from the Shir Tzakeinu, Tiket from Yamamash, immediately Yamamash. L'chaim.